When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, this is Heather with the Renaissance English History Podcast. And this is an abbreviated version of the Tudor Music Hour. This is a radio show that I do in the UK every Sunday at 9am. You can listen to it on Mad Wasp Radio. You can check that out on TuneIn or you can listen directly. So I am also putting out the abbreviated version here on the podcast feed for those of you who want to listen more. So the thing about this is because I don't have a radio license myself, I can only play 30 second snippets of the music. In the radio program live, I play the full pieces. But here for this purpose, I can only play 30 seconds. So here's the deal. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, you can go to tutormusichour.com where I have links to a Spotify playlist for every episode. So you can grab the full pieces and listen to your heart's content. You can also go to tutormusichour.com for more information about the show, links to how you can listen live and everything like that. So thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Tudor Music Hour. This is the show where you and I travel back 500 years to the 16th century and examine the social changes and upheaval through the lens of music. Every week we look at a different theme or composer, and this week we're going to talk about Orlando Gibbons, who died this past week in 1625. I am your host, Heather Tesco. I have been podcasting on Tudor England since 2009 with the Renaissance English History Podcast, and I invite you to learn more about me and about my other shows and dig deeper on Tudor music through the tutormusichour.com, which will get you lots of links to lots more stuff. So I'm delighted to have you here with me today. Let's jump right in. Orlando Gibbons was one of the later Elizabethan composers, and last week we looked at the music from the early 16th century written by Henry VIII. This week we're jumping almost a hundred years into the future. The England of the early 17th century at the end of Henry's daughter Elizabeth's reign was a completely different one than that of the early 16th century. Religion as we know it had fundamentally changed. The fact that a monarch could question a pope and break away from the church 
led people to then think that perhaps all of these previously infallible rulers actually weren't all that infallible. And perhaps if a king could question a pope, then maybe nobles could question their king. Maybe general people could question the government. This was revolutionary. The social structure had been upended, and then they tried to put it back together again through the reign of Elizabeth. But once you take the lid off of that Pandora's box, you really can't put that back on again. So that's what I love about this period. This is the period where England became modern. This is the birth of the modern world. This is the birth of of thought, of questioning reality, of questioning truth, ultimately questioning the role of people and how they can be governed. And and all of that comes right during this period. You know, it leads into the Enlightenment. It leads later into the, the revolutions of the 18th and 19th century. And it's just such an exciting time period for me. And I love it. So I am just delighted, delighted, delighted thrilled that you are here with me. So like I said, Orlando Gibbons was a composer who sat just at the end of that Elizabethan period for whom many of these upheavals were already starting to kind of settle down. He wasn't he wasn't right in the middle of it anymore. He was 40 years younger than William Byrd, for example. Byrd had been a practicing Catholic under a Protestant monarch, and his music often expresses that that angst that he felt that he was dealing with that duality, right? And we'll talk about that when we have a show on Bird. But Gibbons is really the link between those great Renaissance composers like Talis and Bird, and then the early Baroque composers like the great Purcell, right? Gibbons is right there in the middle. We're going to start off by listening to his most famous madrigal. This is included in the only collection that Gibbons published himself. It's called The First Set of Madrigals and Motets for Vials and Voices. This collection was advertised as newly composed when it first made the rounds in 1612. So here are the Cambridge singers singing The Silver Swan. The lyrics are, The silver swan who living had no note when death approached unlocked her silent throat, leaning her breast against the reedy shore, thus sung her first and last, and sung no more. Farewell all joys, O death, come close mine eyes. More geese than swans now live, more fools than wise. Here is The Silver Swan by Orlando Gibbons. That was the Cambridge Singers with The Silver Swan, the great polyphonic madrigal by Orlando Gibbons. I am Heather Tesco. You are here with me on the Tudor Music Hour, and I am just delighted to have your company here as we journey back in time to the late 16th and early 17th century this week. I just mentioned that the Silver Swan was a polyphonic madrigal. Polyphony was a style that reached its peak in popularity around this time. What it essentially meant was that each line had its 
own series of notes. They all ran independent of each other. So each voice could, in theory, stand on its own. But then when you mix them together, you get these amazing lines that play off of each other and you create this rich, full sound with all of these unexpected harmonies. It's really just such a delight to listen to. Gibbons really took polyphony and moved it to a whole new level. He is famous for his sacred choral music and church music, his secular choral music, his instrumental, and his keyboard music. So he was really versatile. Let's listen now to a piece of sacred vocal music. This is Almighty and Everlasting God. This was an anthem that was written in English. That fact alone separates it from the sacred music that would have been standard for centuries up to just the generation or so before Gibbons. When Henry VIII split from the Catholic Church in 1533 to marry Anne Boleyn, he ushered, wittingly or not, a wave of Protestant reforms. One of the major ones was that people could hear the anthems and read the Bible and listen to the service in their own language. Now, this was revolutionary. Up until this point, the idea was that lay people were not educated enough to understand the word of God. You needed priests to intercede on your behalf to read and interpret the scripture and to tell you what it said. The Protestants said, no way, we will read and interpret it ourselves. Thank you very much. This, of course, would lead to lots of interpretations and eventually questioning the entire idea of universal truth. So that all started with this idea that people themselves deserved to read the word of God and could handle it and were smart enough. So the generation before Gibbons would have been the first to write sacred music in English. That affected the styles and certainly challenged the composers in ways they hadn't been challenged before when they were writing in Latin. So let's take a listen now to Gibbons's Almighty and Everlasting God performed by the Choir of St. John's Cambridge. The words are simple prayer, something that an average person could speak directly to God without the snazzy intercessions of a priest. This prayer is, Almighty and everlasting God, mercifully look upon our infirmities, and in all our dangers and necessities, stretch forth thy right hand to help and defend us through Christ our Lord. Amen. This is the the simple Protestant prayer that people wanted to be able to speak directly to God in words that they understood. So this is an anthem that has that prayer in it that people would have been able to understand that would have spoken directly to them. So again, we are listening now to the choir of St. John's Cambridge with Orlando Gibbons's Almighty and Everlasting God here on the Tudor Music Hour. That was Almighty and Everlasting God, a sacred anthem composed by Orlando Gibbons and performed by the Choir of St. John's College, Cambridge. This is the Tudor Music Hour, and I am your host, Heather Tesco, and you and I are on a journey back in time this week to the early 17th century, the music of Orlando Gibbons, who died this week in 1625. Gibbons was known not just for his choral music, but also his instrumental and keyboard music. The famous 20th century pianist Glenn Gould wrote of Gibbons's hymns and anthems, Ever since my teenage years, this music has moved me more deeply than any other sound experience that I can think of. 
Glenn Gould loved playing Gibbons' keyboard music. Next up, we're going to hear him playing the Lord of Salisbury, Pavon and Galliard. Gibbons was a composer at court, an organist and gentleman of the Chapel Royal. He mixed with the nobility as any great artist would. This piece was composed in honor of the Earl of Salisbury, who never actually received it in life, but rather as a posthumous gift. Here is Glenn Gould playing the Lord of Salisbury's Pavon and Galliard. Glenn Gould playing music by Orlando Gibbons here on the Tudor Music Hour. I'm your host, Heather Tesco, and I am just delighted that you are stepping back in time with me today to the late 16th and early 17th century to explore the music of Orlando Gibbons, who died this week in 1625. As I said, Gibbons also wrote some gorgeous instrumental music. We're going to listen now to music for the viols. The Rose Consort of Viols is playing Gibbons' Fantasia No. 1 for four double basses. This music would have been played in court during banquets and dancing, kind of to set the mood, as it were. Take a listen. just really lovely. That was Gibbons's Fantasia number one for four double basses. And you are listening to the Tudor Music Hour. I am Heather Tesco, your host, and I'm thrilled to have your company now as we journey together back to the 17th century, the early 17th century, the court of Elizabeth I, and then James I. Perhaps one of Gibbons's most famous sacred pieces is This is the Record of John. John, whose record is that being told, refers to John the Baptist, who, of course, foretold the coming of Jesus. The piece is divided into three sections. Each begins with a verse for a solo countertenor. Then it's followed by a full section, a full choir, which echoed the words in the verse. So this anthem was written at the request of William Laud, who was the president of St. John's College, Oxford, from 1611 to 1621. The St. John that the college is dedicated to is St. John the Baptist. So he commissioned Orlando Gibbons to write this piece. The verse comes directly from the book of John. It's an Advent verse. So this is something you hear sometimes in Advent services. This is the record of John. 
When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not and said plainly, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What art thou then? Art thou Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou the prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said unto him, What art thou, that we may give an answer unto them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? And then this is the verse that is featured in in the Messiah too. It's a, a very famous verse. He said, I am the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. So this is an Advent piece. This was a piece written for St. John's College, Oxford. This is the record of John. Singing it, we have the Choir of Modeling College, Oxford. The soloist is Rogers Covey Crump here on the Tudor Music Hour. was the Choir of Modeling College Oxford with This is the Record of John here on the Tudor Music Hour. I am Heather, and you and I are traveling together back to the early 17th century to experience the music of Orlando Gibbons. We're going to listen to three more magicals now. What is our life? Ah, dear heart, and Mongst Thousands Good. You might have noticed before with the first magical that Gibbons, he could be quite mournful and deep. A lot of times when people think about magicals, they think about these these light, fluffy kinds of pieces. And Gibbons wrote pieces that were had much more depth and, and thought to them than one might just assume hearing the word magical, right? So there's that line in The Silver Swan, for example, that there are more geese than swans, more fools than wise in the world. In What Is Our Life, Gibbons sets this very mournful poem to music. The poem it's said was written by Sir Walter Raleigh before his execution, though there is kind of some shaky evidence on that. Either way, the lyrics are, what is our life, our life, a play of passion, our mirth, the music of division, our mother's wombs, the tiring houses be where we are dressed for this short comedy. Heaven, the judicious sharp spectator is that sits and marks still who doth act amiss. Our graves that hide us from the searching sun are like drawn curtains when the play is done. Thus march we playing to our latest rest. Only we die in earnest. That's no jest. This is the Cambridge Taverner Choir with Owen Reese singing Gibbons's What is Our Life? That was the Cambridge Taverner Choir with Owen Rees singing What Is Our Life? And now we're going to jump right into another magical by Orlando Gibbons here on the Tudor Music Hour. This is Ah, Dear Heart. This is a lover's magical lamenting the fact that in the morning, the beloved needs to leave. It says, Ah, Dear Heart, 
Why do you rise? The light that shines comes from thine eyes. The day breaks not. It is my heart because that you and I must part. Stay or else my joys will die and perish in their infancy. This is the Deller Consort with Ah Dear Heart. That was Ah Dear Heart from Orlando Gibbons here on the Tudor Music Hour. I am Heather and you are journeying with me through music back to the early 17th century to listen to the music of Orlando Gibbons, one of the leading Elizabethan and early Jacobean composers who died this week in 1625. We're now going to listen to Amongst Thousands Good, where Gibbons distinguishes a bit between love and lust. This is Claren McFadden and the Spirit of Gambon singing Amongst Thousands Good. Let me read you the lyrics. Amongst thousands good, one wanton dame to find. Amongst the roses grow some wicked weeds. For this was not to love, but lust inclined. For love doth always bring forth bounteous deeds, and in each gentle heart desire of honor breeds. So here we are, Claren McFadden and the Spirit of Gambon with Amongst Thousands Good. hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. You are here with me, Heather Tesco, on the Tudor Music Hour, and we are journeying back in time to the late Elizabethan court, the music of Orlando Gibbons. Gibbons was only 41 when he died this week in 1625. He died quite suddenly. He shocked his colleagues. So there were actually rumors that he died of the plague, which had been strong in England that year. Doctors did a postmortem on his body. It's actually still available in the National Archives. They found that it was likely an apoplexy, which is what we would call a stroke pretty much now. I'd like to play a little bit more of his sacred music. This is the Oxford Camerata singing Oh Clap Your Hands. This is considered to be one of his greatest pieces. It was actually sung when Queen Elizabeth II was crowned in 1953. It's it's such a joyful piece. On May the 17th of 1622, Gibbons and his close friend William Hather received doctorate degrees from Oxford. To celebrate this momentous occasion, Gibbons composed this anthem, Oh Clap Your Hands. This is the Oxford Camerata singing music by Orlando Gibbons here on the Tudor Music Hour.
That was the Oxford Camerata singing Oh Clap Your Hands by Orlando Gibbons today on the Tudor Music Hour. Wasn't that just a splendid way to spend a few moments? I'm your host, Heather, and I hope that you are enjoying this trip back to the early 17th century as much as I am. And I am just so glad that you have been with me this hour. I'm going to play another Advent sort of Christmassy piece. This is Behold, I Bring You Glad Tidings, another very famous piece of Gibbons. And this is the choir of Manchester Cathedral under the direction of Christoph Stokes performing this anthem for Christmas Day. Behold, I bring you glad tidings. of Manchester Cathedral with Behold, I Bring You Glad Tidings by Orlando Gibbons. I do hope that you have enjoyed this trip back in time some 400 years to the late 16th and early 17th century, the music of Orlando Gibbons, who died this week in 1625. You can get links to the albums that I've played here, as well as learn more about me at TudorMusicHour.com. I am Heather Tesco. You have been listening to the Tudor Music Hour, and now more instrumental music by Orlando Gibbons. This is a keyboard piece, the Fantasia in A, played by Aaron Tan. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you next week. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.